With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Sherry Andrea Psychic Empath Show with your host, Sherry Andrea. Sherry Andrea brings her listeners interesting discussions and topics related to empathy, psychic and spiritual development, as well as energy work. She is herself a psychic empath, healer, coach, author, and founder of SherryAndrea.com. Welcome, and here is your host, Sherry Andrea. And thank you for listening. I hope everyone can hear me okay. Um, Today is Wednesday. It's a Wednesday show. I'm really excited to be here. Wednesdays are a little bit slower. Um, I don't know if I should say slower, calmer, quieter than Fridays, but just as exciting. Actually, um, the last couple of weeks, the last three weeks, um, actually, Wednesdays have been really, really awesome shows. Um, Wednesdays, because we don't have as many callers and we have more time for discussion, we've actually had some really, really good discussions um, on metaphysics. And um, I just have this really strong feeling that uh, tonight is going to be the same. Tonight is going to be just like that. This is going to be a show that if you miss it live, the people that miss it live, they're really going to want to listen to it. Um, some of the topics, well, we really have one topic. Um, we're going to be discussing channeling. And um, my co-host, Pierre Johnson, which Pierre will be joining us shortly, um, we've actually been discussing this topic for the last, I don't know now, two, three days. Um, yeah, you'd think we would be all discussed out on this topic, but we're not. This is a topic that I think... Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. If you desire to speak to the host, please press... Okay, sorry about that. I don't know if you can hear that. I think that was Pierre calling in. Hold on. Pierre, that was you. I'll pick you up in two seconds. <laughs> that was funny. Um you may not have been able to hear what I just heard. So um, if you didn't, I yes, I just stopped talking. But and that's only because I was like, oh, what's going on? What did I press? What did I do? You know me and my technical difficulties, so I'm never really sure. Um, so that was probably Kara calling in. So we will pick him up right now. If it lets me. Hi, Hi you're live, 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 live. Okay, I don't think that was here. I don't know what that was here. If that was you calling in, I think there's 
Block Talk Radio, maybe having a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, let me give the guest call-in number. That's the number that not only all of you listening will uh, use to call in, but also here uses that one too. Uh, 657-383-1655. And now that I think about it, actually, that's the number that just called me odd. Um, and I thought there was something weird going on blog, with, with Blog Talk Radio tonight because when I first um, uh, went to connect as host, it wouldn't let me. So bear with me. I don't know if there's going to be other technical difficulties, but, you know, just as usual, we'll get through it. Okay, so what I was saying was um, me and Kier have actually been for the last two or three days actually um, discussing the topic of channeling. Um We've been really enjoying that topic, um, and I think it's a topic that many others really get into as well. Um, there are many people that I've known who are channelers. I've even known some trans channelers who are amazing. But even if you have the opportunity to have someone who is a trans channel explain to you what it is they do, how it is they do that, how it works, how they got there, you know, to that point of being able to do that. Um, even so, it is still that it is very difficult. It's not at all easy to understand. And so what I'm really hoping tonight is I'm hoping that for those of you who like listening to channeling and also those of you who are working on merging with your higher self or those of you who are just simply um, – you have some natural ability to channel coming out. I'm hoping that maybe our discussion will actually help you. Um, and so um, we will be getting started in a minute. Um, so let's see. You know, I can't talk and type at the same time, so bear with me. Um, okay, here's trying to call in still, so let's let's give him another second um to call in. Here if you can hear me. Think I think you're in the chat room. Um if you can hear me, um I see you logged into the chat room. Call in to the six five seven number. Um directly. So six five seven three eight three one six five five and let's see. Oh, let's see. Oh, okay. It's, did, did you dial in from your computer, right? However, um, hmm, let me see. Uh, let me just say this. I am not sure. It should allow you to dial in from um, all the different things, Skype, Gmail. Um, I, you should be able to go to the show page and dial in. You guys bear with me one second while I get, because I, I really do think Blog Talk Radio, something is wrong with it tonight. Bear with me two seconds while I help here get in. We're going to just we're gonna pretend like we're IT people for a second. Okay. Um, also, if you go to the show page, for this show, um, you'll notice it says call in to speak with the host and phone number, and right next to it, it has a little icon, the Skype icon. So 
So you can click that. You can also call in from there as well. Um, I just think that there's probably, um, yeah, there's probably something wrong with um, Blog Talk Radio. Okay. So while I'm waiting to see if Pierre can call in, we've got someone holding. So here, um, try to call in again. I think here you have Skype. So try going to the the show page and seeing if it lets you call in from there. Um, here. Hello? Hi. Hi, how are you? You're live on the air. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I heard it say unmuted. I was I like, oh, that's me. Oh, Crystal. Yes, yes. No, I, I didn't, um, I, I'm great, I'm great. I heard I heard the um, blog cut said I was unmuted, muted, so I was like, oh, I'm on, I'm on live on air. Okay, cool. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't touch anything either. <laughs> that's what's funny. Like, the, um, right now, the, studio board is like literally doing like whatever it wants to. Um, maybe, you know, spirits are with us and they're acting as my producer. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Cause I didn't so, even raise my, I didn't raise my hand to speak to the, to the, uh, to you. So, but, oh, well, I wanted, I wanted to call in and have a discussion and talk and ask a few questions. So. Okay. Well, like I was saying, um, the topic that we're going to do tonight is um, we're talking about channeling. Okay. Um, because, uh, me, like, for the last few days, um, we've been talking about not only channeling, not only um, the practice of getting there and being able to channel, channel your higher self, but also we've even been talking about our favorite channelers. Um, like uh, most people know, uh, one of mine is um, Lee Carroll, who channels Scion. Um, and then I think that Pierre said his was, um, oh my goodness, um, what what is it? What's the couple that wrote all the books for the um, Law of Attraction? Um, uh, it'll come. It'll come to me. Yeah. Um, oh, it'll come to me in a second. Oh, it looks like we have two here. Oh, it's Esther Hicks. Hi, I Pierre. You made hey. it. Oh, yeah. it's Esther Hicks. Thank you, Pierre. Uh-huh. <laughs> it helps if you have the chat room open to actually look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, everyone, we have, just to catch everybody up, okay, so I'm Sherry Andrea. We have... Uh, Crystal Dodson on the line. Um, she's one of our occasional co-hosts, and we have Kier on the line, who is also uh, one of our co-hosts. So we're starting our discussion about um, channeling, channelers, the process, um, a little bit of everything that you know me and Kier have been discussing the last few days. And you said your favorite channeler is Esther Hicks. Yes, that's the one that I deeply resonated with. 
Yeah, and I found it interesting, like, when you said, oh, well, the one that I really resonate with is Esther Hicks, and, you know, really what that made me think is, yeah, that's true. Um, We're all going to resonate with someone different, you know, because it depends on um, a lot of times what path we're on, what our purpose is, uh, what Mm -hmm. our needs are, who we're going to resonate with. We're going to resonate with, Whoever is going to give us the answers we actually need. So what I'm saying is, if there was a channeler who only channeled um, cooking information, mm-hmm. and that's not something that we were going to be doing, and that's not a direction yeah. we're heading in, and that's not a need we had, we of course would not be drawn to that channeler. But if there's, mm-hmm. but you know, if um, you know, if you're in construction and there's this channeler that channels everything about construction, of course, that's the one that you're going to end up being guided to and that you're going to be being drawn to. So I think it's interesting for people to, for whoever you're drawn to, you know, think about that. Ponder it. Ponder the fact that, okay, I'm drawn to this one. And question it. Go, okay, why might I be drawn to that one? Because that will even tell you a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And it is it because I'm drawn to her because she's, I don't know, it's just something that she teaches that's, it, it felt different from everybody. You're right, from what I was focusing on. And not saying that none of the channels, you know, not focusing towards source, but Esther Hicks is more so. You know how most of them teach about, you know, bring the truth? The, I can't explain it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. You it was speak just, and you were like, I really thought you were going somewhere, and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't explain it. <laughs> but I, I can't. No, but, I yeah, totally. Just, I, I, yeah, I totally understand. And um, and also, let me just say, um, a lot of times when we go to explain things, that what happened, you know, just now, that actually is so totally not unusual. Uh, words are actually very limiting. And a lot of times when we're talking about metaphysics, spirituality, often we just we start trying to explain something and we find we just don't have enough of the right words to really yeah. put into words what we're trying to get across to people. And I really think um, it's really good to go ahead and say, you know what, this is just something that was words I just cannot explain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, true, the true understanding that we get, we often get it in, you know, sometimes in meditation, sometimes during moments of silence, words aren't actually needed because many of the things that we gain understanding on, we didn't gain understanding on them by way of words. We actually got it in the silence. Yep. So it's okay that you can't explain it because I think for most things, it's not so much in the explaining. There's a feeling. There's an energy. Sometimes you don't have to be able to fully explain it in words, and someone will actually totally get and pick up what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, because the reality is if it's for them, if it's their time to, they will. If all of a sudden those light bulbs will go on, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'll start saying something and I haven't completed saying it, and the person is already acknowledging that they're like they 
fully gotten it already. Mm-hmm. You know, I've only said a few words into it, you know, and they just, the light bulb pops on. They, they get it, you know, because yeah. it's not just about, you know, it's, it's the same thing with channeling. Um, it's not just about what you hear, what that person is speaking. There's something else going on that's invisible to you. Often, mm-hmm. when channelers like Esther Hicks, uh, Cryon, and Lee Carroll, often when they're channeling, um, these are events that have been planned for. Mm-hmm. And people come to them, they're sitting in the audience, and even though you can't see it, there are many spirits that are present that have come there to be a support to people. There are guides, there are angels, there are ascended masters. Mm-hmm. And all of these people, both the ones sitting in the chairs and the ones in spirit supporting, they're all there for the same purpose. You know, the goal is all the same. Yep. And, you know, so uh, it's okay that you can't explain it. Because yeah, for anybody who it was meant for, when you started to explain it, the light bulb went on anyway for them. Okay, okay. Because I like all the other channelers. I like Lee Carroll, Cryon, I like Bashar and Daryl. But it's just that when I moved on to Esther Hicks, it felt like Abraham was talking to me. Exactly. Yeah, and I felt that way often with Cryon when I first started reading his channelings and listening. Sometimes I would also get embarrassed because... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm alone reading or listening, and I would actually get embarrassed because sometimes it would feel like he was, like, specifically speaking to me and issues I had, Um, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it does. It has that feel. Hey, Crystal, do you you ever listen to um, channelers or channeling? Um, I've listened to Abraham Hicks. Like, I went to... It was like a, like a meetup, and I didn't know what Abraham Hicks was or anything. I was, like, totally confused. And I noticed that this lady, she challenged someone, and to me, I was very, very skeptical of the whole channeling thing because it's not like I can validate anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there's this man, he came in, um, his name is Elliot Jackson, I believe. He channeled Source, and I had I had went to a metaphysical sh- uh, shop here, and he was there, and it was like a group setting, and he was channeling, and I still didn't really get, you know, I was still skeptical. Like I was still wasn't thinking, hey, I don't know about this whole channeling thing. I just didn't, I didn't understand it. And here recently, about a week ago. I went to the Dallas Psychic Fair, and I know they don't go to this fair. Um, I used to go to it kind of frequently, not not really. And by this time I came, and I started looking around at, at the readers that they had, and some people I've you know I met with, and some have not. And the lady, she she comes up to me, she's like, "Oh, you need to go to this person." Her name was Marine Amen. I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Well, I give it a shot," you know, and. Yeah. She was a channeler. She was a channeler, medium, clairvoyant, clairaudient. And when I sat down with her, what she did, she actually channels your, your angels. And 
that's when I when I had a reading with her, that's when my whole skeptical with the whole channeling thing changed. I mean, because I was able to validate. It was like when she channeled in my angel, I was right. talking to my angel, but through her. And the angel right. telling me things that, like, were legitimate. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, so like you said before, you're drawn to certain people. Mm-hmm. I think I was drawn to right. her opposed to, you know, hearing about Abraham Hicks, because I'll tell you, I was confused with Abraham Hicks. Like, I just couldn't get it. Like, I don't know. But when I... Do you think it was because you really didn't know at that time what channeling was, what it was all about, how they did it, what, you know, what was done? Well, I mean, I took took that channeling, you know, you're channeling in some entity, and they're talking through you, through your shell, you know? But I, it was just, I I just I just didn't I guess, get it. Like I, know, I, I was gonna say I guess because you know some people use channeling as far as like intuition, you know, as an ability. Not saying that it's not an ability, but as far as to give information to that person to that personal situation. Um, like for instance, like how you said that they were channeling guys, but as the Hicks was channeling source, her source self. As opposed to right. her challenge exactly. of and right. that part and many people these days, yeah, channel their higher self. Now, now this is interesting. Um, Lee Carroll is channeling his higher self. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not saying Cryon is 100 percent his higher self because if you've ever heard Cryon speak about what he is, and him being a, um, I think he calls himself a energetic something. Um, but it is, it's his higher self. And when he talks about having melded with that energy, I know that that might give people the impression, oh, he's merging with an entity. But actually, mm-hmm. it's not. It's through his higher self. Mm-hmm. So before we go on, that brings me to the subject of let let me explain what channeling is for anybody who's listening who isn't familiar with channeling and who for the last, like, 15 minutes has been going, what the heck are they talking about? (laughs) So channeling is when a person, and I'm going to give you the simplest way so that maybe everybody can understand it. Channeling is when a person merges with either their higher self or an entity, some entity, and merge, they're allowing that entity or their higher self to speak through them. Now, we're not, there are different types of channeling, mm-hmm. which, like we really haven't spoken about. So now there is trans-channeling, where full trans-channeling is when that entity takes over that person's body. Now, that's really interesting to see, because if you've ever seen a video of anyone doing it, anyone who is authentically doing it, you will notice everything about them changes. Um, their, their posture, their mannerisms, their facial expression. These are yes. all things that are very difficult to face. So, because any, anybody who does uh, body readings, who reads facial expressions, um, they understand that it is 
you know, very difficult to, like, literally drop what your normal body language and facial expressions are and to pick up some new ones, some unique ones. Um, this this would be way beyond being a good actor. Mm-hmm. So usually with a trans channel, you can, there's many things you can tell that changes when that entity comes in. Um, often the sound of their voice even changes. However, with the type of channel we've been discussing so far, we've been discussing all people who literally have either merged with their higher selves or have merged with an energy of maybe a guide, an angel, an ascended master. Mm-hmm. They've merged with that energy, and usually they've done that through meditation. Through meditation, spending time. I mean, it's, I know that makes it sound simple. It's not that simple to do. Um, but in a way, if, you're, if you dedicate yourself to it every day, tenaciously, then really it's not that difficult. And so we're talking with, like, for example, and I think it's the same for Esther Hitt as it is for um, Lee Carroll and Cryon, they have have not only merged with their higher selves, but they've also um, merged with the energy of an entity that allows them, I mean, that entity that they merge with over time now is always there. Mm-hmm. And you could almost say that entity is always there, almost like it lives within them. Now, I know some of you who are skeptical, and this is what a lot of times in the beginning when you're skeptical because you're thinking, well, this sounds like spirit possession. This sounds like somebody's being possessed. So what's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. A negative entity possesses. However, anything of the light does not possess in that same way. Mm-hmm. So there are some people who don't, you know, in the beginning they get caught up, they don't know who they're dealing with, don't know who they're talking to, don't know who they're opening the door to and letting in, that in fact do run into the problem of spirit possession. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it does happen. Um, that's why it's important before you do anything like this is to develop discernment. You have to be able to know uh, when you're dealing with a positive entity that's of the light versus one that's not. Mm-hmm. Also, like, Crystal, when you go to visit someone like that, normally there's a feel. You know, you had said, you know, the the two, the one you saw, saw before her, you weren't really buying into that. There was just something that wasn't allowing you to buy into it. And I don't even know who it was, but... Um, I would say that you were probably right. There was probably <laughs> something that you picked up on that you just couldn't take its truth. That mm-hmm. you just, in your whole being, you couldn't validate that as being on the up and up. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right, because like I said, when I went to that, when the first time I went face to face to a channel where it was just very, it was like in a group setting, so it was I wasn't the only person, but it seemed very broad and very short, and it just wasn't believable for me. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it, what he didn't truly channel somebody, but it was just, um, I don't know, it just wasn't believable for me. It just wasn't believable. 
Um, but when I went to the second time with the lady, I mean, she did her thing where she's like, you know, before she even started channeling or calling in my angels, she said she felt one of them over her shoulder. Then she goes into her little meditative state, and then she comes back, and then she was completely different. Like, her head started doing like a little bobble. Her eyes started squinting, and she was looking all around while she was talking, you know. It was, like, just totally different, like a different person, opposed to the first time. You know it he was just like, like, it sounds like the, the big difference between the two of them also was it sounds like she was possibly a full or, or a partial trans channeler. Oh, what does that mean? You, that means, okay, full trans channeling is when the person actually steps their consciousness aside. Now, think of what consciousness means. You know what it means when you're unconscious. It's literally allowing an entity to push your consciousness aside to come in and fill that gap and to be able to see mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, for the novice, yeah, that's something dangerous to practice, you know. However, there are many still people that do this that are really, really good. Um, I, I knew someone once that was a trans channeler. It was amazing. She was a full trans channeler. Now, the difference between a full trans and a partial trans is that in a partial the person is still aware of what is going on, what is what is being exactly. spoken through them. They're aware still. Exactly, because when she came yeah. fully back to her, she was like, well, we saw you doing this, or we saw you doing this, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, you were still there. Because in the past, the other channel, he yes. says that he he goes away. He doesn't remember anything. That's interesting. Um, yeah, that would be a full, a full trance, but Normally, a lot of times, and, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, anybody listening, you may, you know, um, there may be some people out there that know a little bit better than me about channeling, so I could be wrong, but um, as far as I know, when you're doing a partial, yes, you should have memory of it, but when you're doing full trance, that's Speech really shouldn't be choppy. It should be smooth. It should be controlled. Um, it should be a very, it shouldn't be choppy. It should be almost like the person knows, you know, even if they're going to speak for an hour, it should be so smooth, like whoever's coming through knew exactly what they were going to say for that whole hour. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was the first channel I was with. Yeah, but I, 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 wouldn't you think if someone's a partial channeler, wouldn't then they wouldn't they have more control of what's going on? You know, like wouldn't they be able to like? Yeah, I would just yeah, I would describe my the channeling I do as being partial. And when it when my higher self comes in like fully, it's still partial channeling, meaning I'm aware of what's going on, I'm fully present. But what happens is my um, the way I speak changes. I mean, I become a really great speaker. <laughs> I become a really great speaker. I become very smooth. There's usually no hesitation. 
Um, usually, there's no filler words. Um, there's no hesitation. So I always know when, even when I'm doing a coaching session, I know when it's me and I know when my higher self has, like, fully come forward because it starts to flow and it flows so smoothly and deliberately, um, almost like I'm almost in control of it and not in control of it at the same time. And, yes, I'm fully aware. I actually heard of somebody um, actually – go ahead. No, I was going to say, you, uh, people will sometimes even say, um, you know, they'll make comments about how smart you are because literally, you know, your higher self knows everything. Your higher self, when your higher self speaks through you, sounds highly intelligent, usually speaks with a greater vocabulary than you normally do, um, very, very well-spoken. So usually there's a big difference. Now, what were you going to say here? No, I was going to say I actually heard somebody after they took, um, what was it called? They tried DMT. And so after, you know, a group of them were trying it out, different, these two people had different experience, but the, the rest of the people didn't have nothing going on. So one of them, after he, when he took it, he actually went up out of his body and went up, you know, ascended up, and then he met this entity, and he's like, she's like, oh, wow, you know? He's like, it feels good up here. So she's like, yeah, do you mind if I, you know, go down there and see what it's like? So he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So she goes down. <laughs> She goes down, she gets into his body, so she so when he came back, when they switched places back, they were like, Is this you? And he's like, What are you talking about? Like, you just came back like a different person and you had a different personality, you were more feminine and they were like he was like, Yeah, I traded per I traded places with this person that I meant she wanted to check what it was like to be down there. And I guess wow. would that be a full body? It was it was amazing. It was funny. Uh, yes, that would be full body because that would no, that would be what's called full trance channeling because he wasn't even aware of it. So they had to tell him what he said, how he behaved, because he wasn't there. His consciousness mm-hmm. was removed. Oh, okay, okay. Now this doesn't mean that you. When I say consciousness was removed, I'm not saying that I didn't. I'm not saying that the etheric cord is severed. That mm-hmm. is still your body. Um, the etheric cord is still attached. If anything um, health-wise happens to you and you start having difficulties, ju- just like without a body, you're going to you're going to go back. Mm-hmm. If anything. Uh, Physiologically speaking, happens to you. You like your blood pressure starts going up too high. Your heart, your heart rate starts increasing too much. The natural response is, even without a body, snap back into your body. So the same thing is going to happen. Your consciousness is going to come back. Mhm. Mhm. So yeah. yeah, that was full trance because the person wouldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Partial trance, the person should be well aware of what's going on. Um, and, you know, well aware of what's going on and be able to uh, actually 
speak on what was said when they were, you know, doing the channeling. Mm-hmm. Now, that's similar, you know, Lee Carroll, you know, he's not doing, he's not doing a full, tra- he's not doing full trance channeling. He's doing um, what I would consider to be partial channeling where he's conscious of it. As if he's receiving downloads and just transmitting it. No, he's not receiving downloads. And the reason why I say that is when you say you're receiving downloads, you're still thinking yourself separate from the knowledge and information that's coming through you. It's your higher oh, self okay. your higher self is you, remember? So your higher self knows everything. So hmm. that is you still. So okay, okay. your higher self is bringing that forward. So okay. it's not a download because you... I'm not going to say that you surpass that point where you receive downloads, mm-hmm. um, but the difference between receiving downloads where um, maybe after a meditation suddenly you you have all these thoughts and ideas that are just pouring into your head, and some of them mm-hmm. higher level concepts that you didn't previously know, that's like a mm-hmm. download. Uh, merging of the higher self is where you're speaking and things are just, they're just coming out. And I always describe it as when people say things about those things, I say sometimes as I don't, I don't know what I know. It's like you you may have said it, but it's like, okay, well, I didn't know I was going to say that. I didn't know that was going to come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. It just came out that easily and that effortlessly. Okay, okay. And sometimes it's information that I couldn't have possibly known myself, you know, such as when I was talking to my client about having a sink full of dirty dishes, and I was using that as an example. Um, Mm -hmm. And he never has a sink full of dirty dishes, and he says, well, Sherry, I actually do right now have a sink full of dirty dishes because I didn't get to them this morning like I normally do, so you're absolutely right. Well, see, I didn't know that. But even when I said it, I still didn't know that. So even when he confirms it, when he validates it, well, okay, I still didn't know that. My higher self knows that because my higher self knows everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was coming out of my mouth. I mean, I did because this does not use the brain. The brain is not being used here when it comes to channeling. Mm-hmm. This information is coming in through the heart. That's okay, where okay. The, the information, the energy comes in through the higher self is through the heart chakra. So this has okay. nothing to do with the brain. This has nothing to do with thought. This has nothing to do with being connected to the person. This is information that's coming from the higher self. And the higher self is if you're open to it, it can just flow through. Okay. I think... I think everyone I think everyone has channeled at some point within their life whether they think so or not. I mean, how many of us can actually say we're having a conversation with someone and all of a sudden we blurted something out without thinking about it? Yes, you can be a channeler without having merged with your higher self. However, there's a difference between the two. Um, a person who has merged with their higher self 
has access to a higher level of information, a higher level of divine information. Okay, okay. Because to merge with the higher self, there was a certain amount of spiritual work that would have had to be done to have achieved that. So what I'm saying is, there are channelers that are great and awesome channelers without having done very much spiritual work at all. For them, it's a metaphysical ability. And some of them, they'll tell you the list of different entities that they channel. This is did not this ability for them did not come out of spiritual development. There's a difference. I mean, there are psychic abilities that are just psychic abilities, and then there are abilities that are born out of spiritual advancement. Okay, because now. See, it, it's oh, it's really hard to like you know understand because it's like when you know there's like it's like different types of channeling and um this is I just got reminded of this from what I have when I was watching uh, Esther Hicks video. She says she doesn't like to call it channeling. Her Abraham they like to call it allowing. Basically, because oh uh, yes, cause because yeah, because uh, a little bit prophet that wrote the human aura. Um, Alchemy for self-transformation with Saint Germain mm-hmm. and um, the lost teachings of Jesus. Um, what she's doing is also channeling. However, mm-hmm. she said in a couple of her books, she's not a channeler and she's not a psychic because, mm-hmm. in a way, she isn't. What she was able to do was born out of spiritual development. I mean, whether um, there are some people who believe she was. Um, genuine and some people that don't that don't believe she was, but she was never a. Um, I don't think she ever worked for her from a young age. It was spiritual development that she was working on. It was very much the spiritual. Um, and she met her husband, and her husband was a very spiritual person, and he was the one that you know helped lead her down the path where she ended up, and. Um, she would never call herself a channeler or a psychic or somebody with psychic abilities. But then mm-hmm. neither would uh, a lot of Buddhist masters, Muji, Osho, they would have never called themselves channelers or psychics. Oh, but wait a minute. Neither would have the apostles or the disciples or Jesus for mm-hmm. that matter. They were channeling. There is um, somebody, I think I read it in, I can't remember which book, but someone said, um, back then they called them prophets. Okay. So back then they would have considered Jesus the apostles, the disciples, as prophets. However, what they were doing, they were channeling. Now, their spiritual development was very important to them. Anyone who goes out in the desert, I don't care if it's for a day, to meditate. Okay. You're pretty serious about your spiritual development. I mean, it's hot here in Florida. If somebody told me I had to go outside for a day to meditate, I'm really not sure I could do that. <laughs> so these are these were people who were very serious about their spiritual development. There was no psychic development. There was no working on their psychic abilities. It was spiritual mm-hmm. development. And what they were aiming to do was to be able to allow 
the word of God to come through them, channeling. And, you know, from that time between then and now, there, there was somebody who said in a book I read, do you really think God stopped talking to people? That God stopped talking through people? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. So it's just called something different now. However, it's the same thing. It's just, and even back then, there were different degrees of it. And I don't, for a lot, you know, for, you know, in most cases back then, um, it was also different degrees on it based on how spiritually advanced the person was. Because although the disciples and the apostles um, had developed spiritually to a certain level, um, they weren't quite at the same level Jesus was. However, they still could channel that that information, that knowledge, that divine information, mm-hmm. that divine understanding. So I think it is confusing, but I think it's, we may it's become more confusing. I think it mm-hmm. used to be simple, and in this day and age, it's become very complex because there's that difference between, you know, whether the person you know, whether it's psychic abilities or whether it's just that it's born out of their spiritual development, um, then there's a difference between what type of channeling they're doing. Um, mm. So I think it's become more complicated. But it's not I'm, so complicated if you're just focused on the type of channeling. Like for me, it's not complicated. But I believe what makes it complicated how, how I work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I believe what makes it complicated is that that psychic or medium. I think their their ego gets in the way. Not to say that they don't have you know special gifts, but I believe their ego gets in the way, and or and their emotions get in the way of their their reading. So so when you said earlier when Abra, when the lady said that she didn't call it channeling or a psychic, she calls it allowing. I think that's more acceptable because if you're allowing for whatever's coming through, you know, the higher messages that are, you know, from, of, you know, of light and good, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you just step the ego away, because I've seen, you know, or I've seen psychic, you know, the ego or their their emotions get in the way of the reading, and their, their reading is what they think should happen in the person's uh, situation rather than what's actually trying to come through as, as the answer to a situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because here's the thing, you only have the ability to channel, like, um, the level you've reached. Um, if, you re- if you resolve, so you've worked on and resolved certain issues for yourself, then you have the ability to channel that understanding that you gained. But if you haven't worked on certain things and resolved all your issues, you do not have the ability to channel the understanding of that because you haven't done the work yet. You cannot mm-hmm. channel a higher level than you've actually attained. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can I agree with that. Yep. Right. So, and I also believe I think, perception I mean, has to be playing it, too. Now, yeah, I mean, that may make it a little confusing because there's, 
there's new people coming out every day who realize they have the ability to channel, but that doesn't mean they've done any work on themselves. That doesn't mean they've done any spiritual work. That doesn't mean they've worked on their ego. They may have just realized, ooh, there's this thing I can do. Uh, And I've met people like that. And they just realize, oh, I can do this. But they still only channel you know, understanding up to the level they've achieved. Yeah, that's what I mean by perception. No, yeah. no, would you consider? I do think you're right with the ego. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right to me too. Now, I was gonna say, well, would this be like a high ability, higher than psychic ability, or would this be one? Well, I don't know. I mean, part of me, if I were to say, yeah, I think this is higher than psychic abilities, that's almost, I don't know. I want to say that statement in itself is kind of egotistical. So it's like I hesitate to say something like that. I don't think it's a matter of it's a higher level ability. Um, hmm. Because the fact of the matter is anyone can achieve being able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're willing to take the time to put in the work every day, you know, so anybody can achieve that. So well, I think what's at a higher level may be the person's level of spiritual advancement. Okay. You know, there's no, okay. okay, so what if somebody's reached a high level of spiritual advancement, but they haven't completely finished working on controlling their ego and it escapes them every now and then? Oh, okay. Who got full control of their ego, but maybe they haven't reached as high a spiritual level as that person. Oh, okay. Now this is starting to tie into what Crystal had said because when you said that, I was thinking and I started thinking about what Esther Hicks when I watched one of the videos. The per, you know what she said when your emotions and your ego gets in the way. Now on one of Esther Hicks' videos, she said, you know. Well, I'm going to say Abraham Hicks said. Abraham Hicks says, well, well, this is what something similar happened to, you know, Esther Hicks. He said, well, Esther had a situation where a cop came up to her and said, you know, everybody says you're psychic, you're psychic. So he said, well, can you help me with this police case? So he says, Esther says, no, I'm not going to do that. And so the cop says, Why? Because she then Abraham said because she doesn't want to step down to that vibration of giving that information to the cops. Be I guess in a yeah, sense of vibrationally matching to get that information of where the missing person was at, and she said no, she's not going to do that. Yeah, but yeah, but you know what? I understand. I totally understand that because there was a period of time where I did the same thing. Um, Hmm. And it took me a while to come to the understanding, well, wait a minute. You know, if I'm kind of saying, well, to some people, well, I don't think that God would want me to deal with such a situation. I don't think that's what he wanted me to to spiritually advance for. But wait a minute, who am I waiting for? Who am I waiting for to come around to help? Because, you know, people that don't have a problem obviously don't need my help. 
Mm-hmm. It's the ones that do have a problem or the people who are in, in trouble or dealing with this or that. They're the ones that need my help. Okay. So it took me a while to get to the point where I stopped getting in the way of that because mm-hmm. it was my ego. I was still, you know, I was still working on my ego, and, you know, sometimes you think you're done and you're really not done. <laughs> and, you know, there was a point where I thought that, you know, if someone comes to me and says they have a certain problem, you know, God wouldn't want Why would he want me to help somebody with that? Why would God want me to help somebody who's a drug dealer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute. You don't... Okay, here's the thing. This is how it was explained to me. When the sun comes out and shines, it shines on everyone. It doesn't pick and choose. It doesn't say, I'm not going to shine on this neighborhood because this is the bad neighborhood in the ghetto when they sell drugs there. And I'm going to shine on this nice neighborhood over here in the suburbs where he's good, hardworking people. The sun doesn't do that. The sun shines on everyone equally. And that is what divine energy does. That is what divine energy commands people to do who's reached a certain level. But it's okay if you haven't reached that level yet. Because in that whole experience of your ego making you say, well, no, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that because it requires me to go down to this level or that level, there, there's a lesson in that for them. You know what I mean? That's just, a, that's just what I consider to be a stage that somebody is going through. It's just a stage, like a phase that they're going through on, in their development. And you've got to remember that even people like Lee Carroll, Esther Hicks, they're just like the rest of us. I don't profess to be done with my spiritual work. I don't think I'll ever profess to be done. Mm -hmm. I'll always say I have more work to do, no matter the level I've achieved. However, it is difficult for some people who are out here and they've written all these books and they've done all these appearances and they feel the weight of people relying on them, wanting their help feeling desperate for their help, and they sincerely want to be there for those people. They sincerely want to help them. Mm -hmm. That's a hard hard position. Those people almost don't want to think, I'm not done yet. I'm not finished with my development and my advancement because they feel that way of so many people counting on them, wanting their help. However, I think it's better... To be a better example is you saying, I don't care what level I'm at. I'm not done yet. Hmm. Because so, guess what? If you, if, you stop, if you don't think that way, if you don't go forward thinking, look, I'm not done yet, guess what? That's it. You're not going to develop anymore. You're not going to advance anymore. It's like the person. It's like the person that you know has a problem, but they don't have a seen yet that they have a problem. Are they going to fix their problem? Are they going to go for help with their problem? No, they're not. If they don't see, they have a problem. So if you really think that you don't have more work to do, then in fact 
you won't keep working. Hmm. That was my higher self, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, uh, I can only, I feel it when it comes through because it was the way it flows. Mhm. It like takes over. It's like it takes over. It, it starts coming out smooth. There's like, like I said before, there's like, there's no hesitation. And often, what happens with me, especially in coaching, is there are times when my higher self literally kicks in. Literally, it's like, oh, we're talking about this topic. Oh, I, I have something to say about this. Mm-hmm. And literally. My higher self, like, literally kicks in. Now, I can feel it. What happens is, and I've seen channelers doing this. I don't know if you've noticed it before, but any channeler that channels from a sitting position, you'll notice that often they're not sitting fully back in the chair and, like, in a relaxed position. They're usually up. They may even be sitting on the edge of the chair. If you go, if you um, do um, looking Google images of, like, extra kicks, Lee Carroll, often you'll find these people are sitting, as they're channeling, they're kind of sitting in this position, this posture, where they're up straighter, they're more on the edge of their seats, they're leaning slightly forward, almost like they just want to jump out of the chair. Um, Mm. That is what happens when my higher self starts coming through. The speech is smoother, it flows, and I usually, after after I'm is done, I, like, usually, it's like I'll take a, you know, almost like a relaxing breath, like almost like a relaxing breath where I know you're holding your breath or something, you know you weren't, and I'll I'll relax back, and that's when I'll realize that I had moved, that was literally almost, I was leaning forward and almost sitting on the edge of my chair, almost like I wanted to jump out of my skin. Mm-hmm. There's just, I, I, you, Everything is different, and that's why I was also telling here is that um, one of the issues that the radio show is trying to solve was I need to what? be mobile. One of the issues I was trying to solve is that I was telling you I needed to be mobile when I did the radio show. Mm-hmm. I needed to be able to get up and move. I couldn't do the show just sitting in a chair in front of the microphone because often when my higher self came through, sometimes I would just like not even kind of being aware of it, I would stand up and I would start walking around as I was Mm. speaking. Almost like there's some energy in me that is like just so strong. And also you feel it. You can feel the vibration. You know, energy starts running through your body. Almost your whole body starts tingling. So I would okay. say that for anyone that's channeling, like if you're if you're watching a channeler and you're kind of trying to determine for yourself if they're authentic or not, any channeler should be able to feel when they're channeling hmm. because it should um, it should affect them. It should feel different. That energy, when it starts coming through, should be really impactful on them. There is no way they could um, do it and not know they're doing it authentically, you know? 
Okay, okay. So what if someone wanted to channel a message from, who oh, I want to say, Ascendant Masters, would it be the same way? Yes and no. Um, for example, all spirit has is on a different vibration. The energy, all their energy is different because each one, all of us have a different um, energy signature. Mm-hmm. Certain ascendant masters have much stronger and powerful energy. Uh, so I'm saying that by the way of feel. Then okay. Um, I find Archangel Raphael to be a very, most of the time, a strong but calm, kind of relaxing energy. Usually, the ascendant master Jesus usually makes my knees buckle. <laughs> That's, you know, like if I'm standing up, literally, you know, if he comes forward and close to me, literally my knees buckle. I will literally have to catch myself because I will almost fall. Archangel Michael can be very strong. Um, um, Archangel Metatron, Mother Mary, is very powerful energy. That is a powerful energy that if she gets close enough to you to try to communicate with you, you should definitely feel your heart chakra like almost spinning so fast it feels like it's going to spin out of your chest. Hmm. So it's, it's good practice to sometimes call on different ascended masters and angels just to get, this is a matter of discernment, just to get a feel for their energy. Um, and to help you increase your clear sentience and what you can feel. Okay, In okay. the beginning, you may not be able to feel that energy very strong, but as your clear sentience, your ability to feel energy develops more and more, you should be able to feel them very clear. And, you know, as long as you're clear, you're clear, you're grounded, um, you don't have any blocks in your chakras, um, you should be able to get to the point where you can feel them very clearly. That energy should be a very distinct feeling. If it's not, which some people, you know, if I, like, give them a Reiki attunement, you know, every now and then I'm going to email from somebody saying they didn't feel anything. So that's not on me. You know, okay. what I think, what somebody feels, that is on them. Their ability to feel energy and how strong their ability to feel energy is and whether or not they're clear at the time. Now, if that person, like, maybe never really did chakra work, maybe they got some major blocks, they may not be able to feel that energy. Not until they resolve that. So really, whether or not you can feel the energy isn't so much on the one sending it to you. It's on you. Mhm. Mhm. So that's like saying, like often, if you're emotionally upset, it's very difficult to feel anything when you're emotionally upset. Mhm. So um, just because you can't feel it because you're emotionally upset. Does that mean Jesus is not there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, just because you can't feel it doesn't mean he's not there. It just means yeah. something's going on with you 
that you can't feel it strongly enough or you can't feel it at all. So but that is something that you can work on by maybe if you do chakra work daily to really open those chakras up. Because the thing is, is that um, chakras, when you first start, the, you actually, you know, that's, if somebody were to say to me, I want to become psychic, well, the thing is, their chakras have to be open, clear, and balanced. And if their chakras have been kind of closed, um, maybe all their life, most of their life, their chakras have only been, let's say, 25% open. Mm-hmm. Well, then they've got to go through the process of opening their chakras, and they need to do this every day for a time until those chakras will permanently stay fully open. And a lot of people don't realize that. Okay, okay. But but shouldn't they so, be able to protect their chakras from, you know, people leaking leaking onto them, um, or or just feeling drained because you know, I've been, you know, in work environments where I go to work, I'm feeling great when I get there and by the time I'm I'm ready to go home, I'm drained. So shouldn't shouldn't we we shouldn't just leave them wide open. Shouldn't we like protect our chakras? No, what you should do, because what you're describing is someone that is connecting to you. Okay, so this is how it goes. Let's just say that when you wake up, you're perfectly clear. You have no attachments. You're perfectly clear. Everything's fine. Okay, so you you get in your um you get in your car. You start to leave your house. You see one of your neighbors. Your neighbor waves at you, and you wave back. Now you don't communicate. You just wave at each other, and you drive on your way. Okay, that's one connection right there that you probably just picked up. Okay, then in traffic, somebody cuts you off. You get really, really upset, and you give them one of your choice fingers, and you say a bad word to them. Okay, you put a lot of focus on that person in doing that. Okay, there you go. You just picked up another connection. You've got two. You haven't even gotten to work yet. Now, you, you know, pull into work. You get out. Uh, you're greeted by the receptionist at your job. You chat with her for a few minutes. Okay, you just picked up another one. You've got three now. You haven't made it to your desk yet. Okay, in the process of going to your desk or your office, you pass a couple work coworkers along the way. You say hi, you chat, you smile. Maybe one of them has something serious going on. Maybe he smiles at you like everything is normal. But what you don't know is he's got some serious problems at home. Okay, you just connected to him too. Because in the process of you guys saying, greeting each other, saying hi, and you're focusing on each other, you just picked up another connection. Okay, so now you get to your desk. Now how many connections is that? By the time you finally sit down to work, I think I too many five or six. Too many. <laughs> yeah, too many. Yeah, yeah. See, and you got five or six, and you just got to work. So, what you need to do is you need to get very good at the process of severing connections. Now, when if you get good at it. You could do this even in the middle of a conversation. This is a thing that if you get good at it, you can multitask. You could be doing your work and quickly visualize visualize severing those connections and clearing yourself without missing a beat. 
No, it doesn't require you really to have to sit down at home for 15, 20 minutes. You can do this on the fly. And often that is what you should do because, I mean, I've had people say that they were fine up until the point they walked out of their job and they got in the car, started to drive home, and all of a sudden started feeling so all it took was one of those people that they picked up a connection to to have some serious problems. Or maybe one of the people that they, um, let's, let's check this scenario. Now, this is one that's actually possible. What if one of the coworkers you picked up a connection to throughout the day, you guys get ready to leave work. Let's say you all leave at the same time. You all leave at 5 o'clock, but unbeknownst to you and everybody else, this particular coworker has a drug abuse problem. When that person goes to leave work, what's the first thing they go to do? They're going to go do them some drugs. But now you've got a connection to them. Now all of a sudden, so you're in your car and you're on your way driving home from work, and now you're feeling sick. Okay. You're feeling sick. Suddenly, just that quickly, so overwhelmed, you feel like you're going to puke, you're sweating, you don't know what's going on. So is this a process of an unconscious connection, like unconscious identification with the other person's vibration? Whatever you put focus on, you will connect to. Now, I'm not uh-huh. saying that you'll connect to everybody that crosses your path because some people really don't, they don't have any, you know, you, you might cross paths or uh, say hi to somebody that doesn't have any problems they're a very happy, healthy person, and maybe you don't pick up a connection to them. So I'm not saying you'll pick up a connection to everyone, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Because by the end of the day, you pick up a connection to enough people. What about you, Terry? Pick up a connection to that one wrong person. Okay, because it's almost as if, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to put this in there. What about this? What if you were, you saw somebody, your good friend, you haven't seen them in so long, you come, that person comes, you hang out with them, you're in close proximity with them for, you know, a day or so, and that person leaves, and all of a sudden you feel like, you're like, wow, I miss that person. Is that like a connection, like an energy connection that we had, and now that we're apart, we like, we, those cards are still attached, but now that we're apart, we're missing each other? Yeah. Yeah, um, having a connection to a person um, can actually manifest like that. Or you just all of a sudden you start thinking about that person and you're like, why am I thinking about them again? <laughs> yeah, and that can happen. And you can, okay, I'll tell you this thing that happened to me one time. Let's hope nobody's listening that actually went, went to my son's karate school. Okay. So when my son was still, like, I don't know, four, five, something like that, and he was going to karate, there was this uh, sensei that was there, um, really nice guy. Well, all of them were really nice. But I kept picking up a connection to him. But it was very strange. And I actually had asked um, a couple of people I knew that were channelers, I was like, you know, this really has me baffled because there's nothing between me and this guy. But yet I'm picking up 
feelings from this guy like he's thinking about me, like he likes me or something. Why am I picking this up from him? Because as far as I know, you know, he's got a girlfriend and he's happy, so why am I picking up this, this feeling? You know, it was like I, was, I could tell that the connection was to him because all of a sudden now there's a blue, he would come to mind. But then it would be followed by, like, almost this, uh, a, a large amount of, in, of feeling of infatuation almost. Um, and it was really weird because I was like, okay, well, that's not me because I don't feel that way towards him. So what is going on? And I did finally figure it out. Oddly enough, now I'm an empath. Oddly enough, I somehow, yes, from us seeing each other all the time when I would, I would bring my son to karate, yes, we kept connecting to each other, but here's the thing. It seemed that I was getting in the middle of that connection between him and his girlfriend. I kept getting stuck in the middle. Now, those feelings that I was picking up, yeah, he had those feelings for his girlfriend. Somehow, I became Sherry in the middle and it was very, it was very odd. But see, the, this can confuse people because sometimes people go with these feelings, take actions on these feelings, all of a sudden start to have, think they have true feelings for this person and want to be with them. This, that happens all the time because they can't figure out what's going on, and they think those feelings are real. They think that maybe they're the ones that have the feelings. Um, you know, I, I knew that it wasn't me, and because I'm well aware of, you know, my empathy, how it manifests, I, you know, know everything about chakra connections. So, of course, I was able to, to understand what was going on. But think about it. That happens to a lot of people that don't understand what's going on. I mean, how many people have called into this radio show talking about the strong feelings they have for someone, you know, um, the strong feelings, saying that they feel like that person's their soulmate because they feel it so strongly. It's a connection. So what about this? Sometimes some people, they just want a connection to that one person, but the other person doesn't feel anything back. How does that work? Because just because you have a connection and you're picking up something, that doesn't mean that the, the emotions that that person has that you're picking up on, that doesn't mean they have those feelings for you they may be having those feelings for someone and you're connected and so you're picking up on them, but they may not be having those feelings for you or they may not have a sincere feeling. Now, the other thing that happens sometimes when you're connected to a person, you know that person already. You spent time with that person in previous lifetimes. Maybe you were boyfriend and girlfriend in a previous lifetime, husband and wife in a previous lifetime. You were something to each other in a previous lifetime. Maybe you were mother and, you know, you were mother and son, father and daughter in a previous lifetime, and you connect to them. You're picking, you may be picking up on those strong feelings that you have, but they're not from this lifetime. 
than from a previous lifetime, the connection that you had to each other in a previous lifetime. There are so many things that can be, and of course, it can be very confusing. And difficult, because the fact of the matter is, if somebody calls into the radio station, it's not going to matter if I tell them, you know, what it is and that the feelings they're having aren't real, not real for this lifetime. That's not going to make any difference to them because what they feel is what they feel. And I could tell them, okay, well, I can clear those connections for you. But often people calling in, they don't want those. They don't want the connections severed. Mm-hmm. They don't want those feelings cleared away. They don't want to be free of it. Because they think it's real. It feels real. Yeah, I had I had some of those happen to me, and I actually, you know, second guess, you know, either whether I meet a person, and it depends on, you know, you know, if I got this attitude with them, and I'm like, I don't even know them like that. And then I realize, you know, maybe it's them and not me, you know. Exactly, and it could be them thinking about you, but it could also be you're picking up on them thinking and having feelings like that about someone else. Mm-hmm. So how can we sever cords? Because I don't want to, I don't want to pick up anybody's energy that's that's low and you know, and bring think, me down. That's what I said. I think you have to like raise your vibration because I did hear that you know if you're picking up well, from somebody. Well, no, body, you so. can you it's. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of visualizing. Um, and there's something, I mean, I, I usually sever cords a couple times a day, um, at the least. Sometimes, you know, and sometimes I don't, if I don't do it before I go to bed, I end up having to wake up and do it because it invades my sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, certain people you're connected to can really affect you. And now all of a sudden I'm trying to fall asleep and I'm having all different kinds of crazy visions because if that person either has a mental, emotional problem or they're just going through something, it can invade your psyche in a kind of, or it seems like that, in a kind of almost um, negative-seeming way. So what you do is you just, you literally, you visualize, I'll tell you this a boy, but if this was between just you and somebody else, even if you didn't know who that person was, you just visualize a figure, let's say, standing a few feet away from you, and you visualize that there is a, there's cords running from you to them. It may be one cord, it may be several. So I normally usually visualize that there's several, and that I grab the whole bunch of the cords by hand, and you can either do one or two things. You either pull them out of you and literally just see them pulling out of you, or you can sever them with a knife. But I actually have been lately doing one that um, Pierre told me about, where I've been pulling them out and then mm-hmm. throwing them on the ground and visualize seeing them being absorbed into the earth. <laughs> yeah, that one is, like, really effective. But now mm-hmm. here's the thing. Even if you're going to do the cutting motion, seeing yourself have a knife, grab the cords and cut them, you need to do it several times. You need to do the do that, visualize doing that three times in a row. Now, when it's effective, when it's actually worked, you'll feel it. The reason why, you'll feel lighter suddenly. Suddenly you feel lighter. Sometimes 
like, let's say if you, you woke up and you had a backache, and then you picked up connections to some, you know, a few people. Well, guess what? When you pick up those connections, you probably stopped feeling your backache as much, or you started not being able to feel it at all, and you probably thought it just went away. Well, guess what? Several of those connections, you'll feel your backache again because when you have a connection to people, you are feeling less of yourself and more of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, just visualize. No. Now, so even if this is several people, you don't have to know how many people it is. I always just do the visualization where I just visualize that I'm grabbing a whole bunch of cords and I'm either going to pull them and out of me or I'm going to visualize cutting them and just kind of seeing it sever and do that like three times in a row. You should feel a lightness. You should feel like almost like a weight lifted off of your shoulders. You should almost feel like you can breathe a little bit easier. And um, some people go as far as to also visualize doing it, grabbing cords that are not only coming out of the front of their of them, the front of the chakras, but you have to remember the all of the chakras except for the root and the crown have front and a back. Has what? So cords can be all of the chakras except for the root and the crown. They are cone shaped. There's there's a cone shape and they have a and they have a back. So imagine an ice cream cone shaped cone. So the ones in the front, the little the narrow peak is at the chakra and the wide end is coming out. And the same okay. thing in the back. So the chakras have two sides. So you have to keep that in mind because attachments can be to the front or the back. So sometimes it's good when you do the visual of grabbing the cords up to try to visualize that you're kind of grabbing them all, but that some of them are coming from the front and some of them are coming from the back. Because this is how some people get kind of (laughs) tricked, is that they're severing the cords, but they're just not getting all of them. You know, so you very well could sever the front and the back of the, there's still cords from the back of the chakra, from the, from the back side of the chakra. Okay, well, let me ask you this. You're a mother, so you are like, you know, I'm pretty sure from the moment that your child was born or conceived, you have a cord attached to him, just like the umbilical cord, like a physical, you have a physical cord, and I'm pretty sure you have an a, a energy cord. Like if you're severing all cords, yeah. do you sever all cords, including to your to your child, or is that like a different yeah. type of thing? Or no, yes, I do, and sometimes I do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Let me explain the reason why. Let's say that um, my son spent all day with my parents. Well, sometimes mm-hmm. I can tell when he comes home, he may be communicating with me, sounding exactly like them. If I close my eyes, I think I was talking to my father. <laughs> the things he's saying, how he's communicating. Sometimes he has an attachment to them, of course, when he gets home. He's been all day with them. That's normal for him to have an attachment to them. So, but sometimes, it just depends on what they have going on. Sometimes this attachment can be not so good. So not only am I going to sever his connection to them, 
but I'm going to sever my connection to him. Because, see, here's the thing. This is where it gets kind of complex. Now that he's come home and he's walked back in the house with this attachment to them, and then I'm attached to him, it's like me being attached to them. Okay, Hmm. so I'll put it another way. Let's say somebody works at a prison. And they've got an attachment to some... Um, maybe they work in the psych ward at the prison or they're like the worst, most mentally ill prisoners are. And now they come home and they have an attachment to a couple of them. They walk in the house. Now i got an attachment to them. Oh, I'm going to be feeling it. So not only do would I want to clear them of that attachment, I want to clear the attachment between me and that person as well because I'm going to be affected by it as well. I'm going to pick up. I can pick up what he's picking up from that prisoner as well. So, yes, you're not severing anything, you know, um, you're not severing um, literally the word attachment should be heard as a word that is not a good word. Anytime you hear the word attachment, that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about attachments. Some people can actually have attachments that are from previous lives. Some people can have attachments from when they were ch- uh, children that were never severed. Yep. And now can they have you attachments? You still have an attachment to your first grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Do um, people have, now, would this include spirits, too? Um, Yes. Now, that's a little bit different. You can have, um, you can have what's called attachments, and yes, they could be, um, they could be from spirits. That's spirit attachments. Um, You can have um, also what's called, I'm trying to think of it, um, soul fragmentation. Okay. Which is where things happen to you. Um, Let's just say, I always use this as an example because this is is an easy example to understand. Um, Like when I was a child, when I was about 11-ish, I think, um, I moved from my childhood home. The home I've always known. And, you know, usually when a child of that age moves away from their home, often they don't want to go. They don't want to go. They don't want to leave their friends. They don't want to leave that house, the only house they've ever known. Um, And usually we will sometimes even make vows when we're children, vows that one day when we're grown up, we're going to go back there and we're going to buy that house back. And I did, too, when I was a child. I said that when I grew up that I was going to move back there and I was going to buy our house back and I was going to live there. Well, when I when we moved from there, I left a part of myself there. There was a part okay. of myself that stayed there until a few years ago. And in in meditation, when I went back to the house, I found myself still as a young girl, right inside the foyer, still sitting on the stairs, like I'd been waiting there all those years. It's called soul fragmentation. So you not only have attachments, but then 
some things that happened to you in life in previous lives, you have soul fragmentation as well. So you do want to try to resolve as much of that as possible. So you do want to do a practice of severing connections every day, and every day you'll become clearer and clearer and clearer, especially if you're doing it with the intention of severing all attachments, no matter when you pick them up, whether it was your high school boyfriend or whether it was somebody more recent, if you have the intention that you want to sever and clear up everything, then doing this every day, a couple times a day, eventually you'll get clearer and clearer and clearer. And, I mean, you do want to be uh, pay attention and be aware. Like, for example, if you were at work and, you know, a coworker came over and talked to you, and then after they walk away, you notice you're feeling a little different or you suddenly have a headache. Pay attention to those things. They mean something. Yeah, because, you know, like I said, sometimes, I, like, I know the people, like, you know, whose energy is, like, in my field in general because, you know, I can just come out of meditation. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling you before where, you know, sometimes I have to lower myself down in order to, you know, ident- you know to to actually communicate with some people. So say, for instance, if I'm, like, you know, in my higher self state, then I see an old friend, and he's like, he's like, oh, what up? And I'm like, yeah, what up? And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, it's like, you I'm know, that's what I mean by identifying. <laughs> and I say that, but then I think all the time, like, wait a minute, why did I just do that for and, I, and I'm like, nah, see, because, that's what I was talking no, about. I understand. That's, <laughs> I understand. That's why I'm laughing. Is because I just had this visual of you instead walking up to somebody that's like, oh, yeah, this is a guy I know from around the way that we grew uh-huh. up with, you know, in the hood. And then he's like, what up? And instead of saying, what up, here, it's like, hello, my dear child. How are you yeah. today? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of understand that you're trying to not alienate yourself. That's what we're mm-hmm. trying not to do. We, mm-hmm. no matter how much we advance, we still have to live in this world. And so we're not mm-hmm. trying to alienate ourselves. We're not trying to make anybody else feel uncomfortable. So we're really trying to meet people in the middle. Mm-hmm. So yep. we're still trying to be uh, what they're going to be. Uh, not only comfortable with, but what's going to make sense to them? Because if they're, like, baffled by how you greeted them and how you're talking to them, they're probably going to stay away from you. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I was like, I know when, you know, I know when I have somebody's energy because when I do stuff like that, I'm just like, oh, snap, why don't I just do that for? Why couldn't I just, you know, be myself? But do you think it matters to God? No, No matter what I don't. you do, you know, God still sees you the same way, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're think... playing with your little sister and you're being silly, does God still recognize you? Does mm-hmm. he go, why is he still being himself? Why is mm-hmm. he down on all fours, you know, pretending to be the horse so his sister can ride him? Mm-hmm. I mean, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't look at us and go, oh, now, why is she doing that? 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? God is yeah. more understanding and more, you know what I mean, than other humans are. Another mm-hmm. human might question that, but nobody who matters is going to question that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, uh, usually, if, you know, if I, if I, um, if I come on your street, right, and I don't know it, but you're mm-hmm. playing some game with the kids, maybe you're playing hide and seek, and all of a sudden, I see fear trying to find hiding spots. Now, your behavior may seem weird to me. I may be like, well, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, first I see him try to dodge behind a tree, and then I see him change his mind and go under a bush. You know, yeah, I'm going to go, okay, here's his box fit. Because maybe I don't see the other kids. So your behavior may seem strange to me. It doesn't really matter what I think. Mm-hmm. What I think doesn't matter anyway. The only ones, the, you know, the only ones that matter, spirit knows what you're doing. They're right there with you trying to help you find a hiding spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I think doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. It never did. Yeah. It's just that sometimes we have a hard time behaving like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, because we live in this world, in this society, and people expect us to behave like it matters. Yeah. But this is what we're trying to break free of. We're trying to break free of that box. Mm-hmm. That's why I was telling you, like, I was like before, you know, when I say something to my sister, and I say something that'll be that'll be real funny that I know that I'll get like a, oh, I thought you were supposed to be this. And I say, oh, nope, only when you judge it. And so I know, you know, I know they're thinking shame on you, shaking my head. What kind of example are you? And I'm just like, oh, nope, only when you judge it that makes it that way. And <laughs> right, it's a perspective. You know, it's a perspective. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're concerned with you already know that that person has such um, a different perspective than you have now. Mm-hmm. So you know from their perception, you know, they're not going to see it the way it really is. So you mm-hmm. try to make those little adjustments. And I think it's okay, not necessary, but it's okay to make those adjustments. You're not bad or wrong for making those adjustments. I mean, actually, I think that you're being compassionate for even wanting to make those adjustments to make the person feel, like, a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh-huh. feel like everything is, every, everything is normal, everything's the same, everything's cool. I think it's compassionate. Mm-hmm. It depends on the way you look at it. Yep. You know, it, it does. It does depend. Because I, I watch these videos. You know, I watch the baby's videos, and I'm like, man, I want to be, I want to be high, you know, in, vi- in a vibration like her. Why can't I stay like that? And you know, why do I always do that? And then, you know, when I, you know, notice those times when I, you know, come around certain people, and I lower myself, I'm like, dang it, you know. Now I just feel like I gotta start. Well, over. I mean, you can, um, the. You know, there will be a time when you will be able to um, be in anyone's presence mm-hmm. and um, 
kind of join, you know, join in and just be, you know what I mean, be a part of that group. And okay. you won't change your vibrations. You won't, you know, lower yourself. But here's the thing. You think you're lowering yourself. You think you're lowering your vibrations. But I say that you're actually not. Okay. You're not lowering your vibrations. You just think you are because you think that even the even the act lowers your vibrations. Yes, some things lower your vibrations. But let me ask you a question in that moment. Um... Were you um, feeling any of the emotions of lower your vibrations? Were you um, feeling anger, jealousy, envy, resentment, bias, any of those things? Uh, I I felt uh, the need to do more. I wasn't doing enough. But you weren't feeling a negative emotion at the time, were you? Mm Mm-mm. So you didn't lower your vibration. Okay. You actually stayed right where you were at. It's called when they refer to hold your light. Okay. You didn't really lower yourself. Okay, okay. You didn't really lower yourself. Oh, wait, wait. Um, Are we talking? I was going to say, was I talking about when I come around certain people or the video of watching Davies' videos? Well, um, when you come around some people and you're interacting with them, you're not really lowering your vibration. You're staying right where you're at. Um, Okay. That's the thing is that um, one of the ways I explained it to a friend of mine is that when we deal with each other and we communicate and we talk on the phone, I am not able to lower my vibrations and go down to her level. It's not as easy as you would think. I'm going to stay where I'm at, and I will pull up on her. It's actually the opposite of how you're thinking. Don't think that just because you greeted him in a very casual and formal way that that will hurt your vibrations. No. Mm -hmm. You talk to him, communicating on his level, that doesn't matter. People speak in other languages. That doesn't change their vibration. Okay. Some people use um, more, uh, some people use larger words when they communicate. Some people communicate in a much more formal way. That doesn't raise or lower their vibration. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So what happens is, if you are of a higher vibration than the person that you're dealing with, what happens is you don't lower your vibration. Actually, you stay right where you are. You pull up on their vibration. Okay, okay. Now, See, I always you spend a lot of time with this person, eventually you would start pulling up on them. Um, they would, And they would start having symptoms because of that, ascension symptoms because of that. Okay. See, I always thought when you said that, I'm thinking when you said that, you're like, you know, you don't never lower your, because, you know, you're, you merge with your higher self, then opposed to me, you know, then opposed to you giving, okay, then opposed no, to me. No, anyone, anyone, okay. anyone, even if you just stepped up, you know, just a little bit above them, you don't, mm-hmm. your vibrations don't lower. They have to, they have to come up closer to you. 
So there's a pulling up on their vibrations that happen. Same thing when we communicate with spirit. Our spirit is in our presence. Yes, they purposely lower their vibrations to make it a little bit easier for us. However, what happens is in the moment when spirit is close and we start feeling that energy moving through us and we start feeling that tingling energy and everything, they are pulling up and raising up our vibrations to be closer to them. Oh, okay. When you're of a higher vibration and you're dealing with people who are of a lower vibration. So um, if you spend a lot of time with someone, they're going to have to come up closer to where you are. So you're literally going going to be pulling them up. They don't have a choice. So one of my friends, um, you know, she... That not only would happen, often when we would talk, she would, 15 minutes in the conversation, she would say, geez, all of a sudden I have such a headache. Then, you know, later on, she actually started developing clear thinking. She started developing the ability to feel energy. Mm-hmm. Now this is because the more we keep spending time together, I'm going to keep pulling her up and up because I'm not, I, I don't lower. I don't lower my vibration. Okay, okay. For example, think of it this way. Um, often, people who, let's say they travel, some of these people who travel and they go, oh, I don't know if I ever said in this video, but there's this video where, um, of one of Muji's fat things. Okay, Muji is a Buddhist master teacher, and he has fat things, and you can find him on YouTube. It's called M-O-O-J-I. Okay, there's a video he has that's amazing. Okay, so in a chat thing, he sits like up front, and people get up to the microphone one at a time, and they ask their questions, and literally, he's answering from his higher self. Okay, now, yeah. He, he, you know, masters are enlightened, so he's fully 100% merging his higher self. So, yeah. um, there is this one woman who, sometimes they do the chat things where the person actually literally, it's a smaller chat thing, they literally will have a little stool in front, in front of him, where the person, with a microphone, where the person comes up, sits on this stool, little stool in front of him, gets the microphone and asks her a question, and they're, like, very, sitting very close to him. This one lady got up to ask him a question, and he spent a lot of time trying to make her understand, because the more he talked, he would, would like, look at her and be like, you still don't understand, do you? And she'd be like, no. He spent a lot of time with this lady. I want to say at least 30 minutes in, like all of a sudden, like a light bulb went on. She just all of a sudden got it. And what happened next is very unique. Now, she's being affected by his his energy, his light, his high vibration. All of a sudden, it's not just that she gets it first. She gets it, and all of a sudden, she's overcome with uncontrollable. She's overcome with uncontrollable laughter, and this laughter. Okay. This is what this is what pure divine energy does to you. It will overcome you in this these different ways. But then all of a sudden, she starts crying, but she can't stop. She's like literally. She's like, oh my goodness. Like, I'm crying, like, my face is wet. And he's like, well, what do you mean your face is wet? She's like, well, I'm not really crying. She's like, but 
my face is wet, like tears. Are, so literally, this was like a spontaneous crying. And that's, I've had that happen to me quite a few times where I've been in meditation or I've been saying a decree or something, and suddenly I realize, literally, there's, there's, I'm, it's like I'm crying, but I'm not crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could tell because your tear ducts are on towards the inside, the inner part of your eye, mm-hmm. but the water would be coming from um, edge of my eye. And it would be okay. really, really strange because it's like you recognize that you're not crying, but you're crying. But it's not like normal crying where it's coming out the tear ducts. It's literally, it's like the water is just like running down your face. And it's not from an emotion you have. It's just, I, I, it's spontaneous. That's all I can say. It's spontaneous. Almost seems like you're not in control of it. It's just happening. And she starts doing this and she can't stop. And then she starts shaking. I mean, it was the, the most amazing thing. But I mean, the reason why I'm telling you this is I'm explaining to you when somebody is of a higher vibration, the power of that vibration that it can have on them is very powerful. Mm-hmm. It is not you that has to worry about what's happening with your vibrations. You're going to stay right where you're at. However, they may be affected by your level of vibration. Oh, okay, okay, okay. God, it's so like coming have... into the presence of somebody who is a powerful healer, and all they have to do is greet you and shake your hand, and all of a sudden you're overcome with powerful healing energy. Okay. Okay. Now, nothing may happen to them. They may not be overwhelmed by you. You're being overwhelmed by them, by their energy, by their level of vibration. Hmm. I wish we had, like, some type of pair of energy glasses to see what's actually going on around (laughs) us. I have to agree with you, Tierra, now. I know what you mean. Back, Crystal? I had to agree with you. Sometimes I wish I had some kind of glasses to look and see energy because there's times where I I touch someone and I shock them. And there's times where I can actually see the spark from the shock touching them. Yes. And it's like I didn't mean to. I was just trying to get them attention just to say yeah. something to them, but then I just yeah, shocked them. Don't touch, I yeah, mean, when, when you're doing that, when you're having a day where you notice you're shocking a lot of people, don't be the one to turn the light to flip the light switch. I mean, literally, there are there are days when I have maybe an overabundance of energy or something going on where I notice that everything I touch, I'm getting a shock, and what I'll do is if I go. I blow a lot of light bulbs really easy. And my son can tell you, he can hear me in another part of the house and go, hey, I blew another light bulb. <laughs> because he knows I'm constantly playing light bulbs. So he'll hear me go, dang it. Oh, man, I blew another light bulb. <laughs> so there have been times where I've asked him to turn the porch light on when it starts, you know, when it's dusk and it starts to get dark. I've asked him Tyler. You know, do me a favor, come over here and turn the outside light on for me. Because it was just like, I do not want to blow this light bulb. Because there have been so many times when 
I've been having an oh you know an overabundance of energy, meaning I am whole, I have got more energy in my body than my body can actually hold, and it's like overflowing me. Okay, that excess energy has to go somewhere. So sometimes it will cause you to blow light bulbs, affect appliances, shock a person, start shocking everything, getting shocked with everything you touch. So when you recognize yeah. that that's going on, you can you can alleviate it by visualize that you're like even if you flow it out of your hand, visualize that you're flowing out some extra energy, just that you're flowing it out into the universe because you have an overabundance. You can balance it out by just flowing some of it out. Mm-hmm. The universe will use it. Just flow the ex- some of the excess energy out. Just visualize yeah, energy just I mean, flowing out of your hands. Because I, I don't remember doing anything special. It's just like, you know, I touch someone or somebody can even touch me and I can feel the shock. It, it, yeah. It, no. That was the time it was, yeah. like, constantly happening. And I don't know the last time it, it kind of happened, the guy actually jumped out of his seat. And I was like, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he, yes, I mean, I've actually twice that. I've had people jump out of their seat. Yes. Yeah, I shock some people really bad. It's hard when it happens at work because you feel so bad. Sometimes they give you that look like, oh, my God, what did you do to me? <laughs> and so I feel bad sometimes when it happens in a really big way, a painful way. Um, but if you've got an overabundance of energy, and sometimes you can't pinpoint why. Um, like one of the reasons that I do know that will cause it is, like, if me and Tyler are just bickering back and forth, sometimes the energy that's just, like, flowing between us increases so greatly. I mean, we've had stuff. We've been just bickering back and forth and about something, like, silly when we're just going back and forth, and all of a sudden things on the wall start moving. It's that energy. You know, and both of what will happen in that instant is both of us um, you know, we're our our like you know our vibrations maybe will increase or decrease depending on you know the nature of the bickering. You know, if we're both getting a little frustrated, now that energy and that energy is flowing. So it's got um it, it's even more powerful, but it's kind of in a more negative way. So it really can affect things. So sometimes that can happen, but then other times you won't know what's going on. Sometimes there is a shift going on, either a shift with you or a shift with the universe. Or I should say a planetary shift. You, um, I'm sure both of you have seen like a news report about when sometimes birds are falling out of the sky bed or a whole bunch of dead fish are washing up on shore, right? Thousands. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've both heard, you know, or seen news reports like that. Okay. When that happens, what's happening is that, okay, you know, both birds and fish, 
they are traveling by a sort of sonar. And when there's an adjustment in the earth, energetic um, energetic shield that's around the earth. Mm-hmm. And there's a shift. Those birds that are currently flying in the sky that are not either on land or standing on land or standing on a tree or something where they're grounded, all of a sudden it's like it literally has the effect of the sonar that was turned off. The system for a second was turned off. Mm-hmm. It is not only what they fly by, but there's also something about it that also keeps like their heart beating or something. So if they're currently flying at the time that there is this shift of the energetic shield that's around the earth, <coughs> it totally messes them up. Same thing with fish. Same exact thing with fish. So sometimes there is a shift going on, a planetary shift, an energetic shift that you're unaware of. Hmm. So sometimes you are being affected by things that you're just not aware of that are going on. That's interesting. Yeah, I I actually had researched that for a friend of mine. Um, She had seen a couple of articles, and she was like, Sherry, I really would love to know what is really going on when that happens, you know, because she said, well, I've heard what everybody's saying. They think it is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, some people possess the world's coming to an end. <laughs> you know, <laughs> other people think something else is going on, like there's, you know, the government's spraying something in the atmosphere. So that's yeah, that, we first thing. Yeah, that's the first thing people start to say. Yep. Excuse me. I had a cough. Um, so, actually, guess what time it is, guys? <laughs> that it's been about two bad. hours. <laughs> I know. Can you believe that? Wow, that went by fast. I know it did. It really did. And it was awesome, too. Yeah, it was, it was really great. awesome. Um, yeah. And I knew, I just had that feeling, you know, I was like, tonight's conversation, tonight's discussion, this is going to be a really good discussion. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I had that feeling already. Yeah, I like these discussions so, because it's not like I can have these with just anybody, you know? Yep, same here. Oh, Exactly. Exactly, and it makes it so nice when it's three of us, um, we get to share what we've read from different sources, um, what we've experienced with different people that we know that have this going on, that going on. Um, So it's, it's like even better than just having someone 
come on the radio and discuss a topic just by themselves. I think, you know, we get a lot deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I I still think that it was a great idea for us to do this with the radio show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had a thought. I was like, I mean, I, we should, I should start a podcast and talk about some things. But I was like, well, who do I start a podcast with, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think hey. just, like sometimes you just have to ask people um, because you'd be surprised. Sometimes people will say, well, yeah, I'll do that. Um, you know, and you never know, you know? Well, if you decide to podcast, I'll do it with you. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much like this this podcast here, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really great. I think it's awesome. And usually, you know, if you've, um, because like I said at the beginning, you know, me and Pierre had been discussing, um, you know, the topic of channeling, We've been discussing, you know, how, you know, our experiences in the past. Um, You know, I shared with him, you know, my experiences, what I felt I had issues with in the past, you know, maybe what got me stumped a little bit. So, I mean, I think it's really helpful. You know, especially, um, like I was telling here, I was like, you know, I think what helped me is that a lot of times when – you hear people channeling, even if they talk a little bit about how they started, you still don't get it. You know what I mean? You're still like, I still don't get how you went from not being able to do that to doing what you do today. Yeah. You yeah. Just don't, you know what I mean? You, you just don't see it. You're just like, I just don't get how you went from A to C. Um, yeah. And you feel like there's something missing in between or something they're not sharing. And I think it's not that they're not sharing anything. It's that they're just not <laughs> coming right out and saying, look, it was just as difficult for me as it is for you right now. I'm just not talking about it. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, yep. You know, and a lot of times they don't. I mean, Lee Carroll, I was telling um, Care that he did discuss that he had a hard time because he really thought that it was just himself. He thought that he was just making it up and that he needed a lot of validation. He actually needed to be able, he needed to channel things that he couldn't possibly know, more complex things that he could then validate and verify. Okay, Okay. So he actually said, you know, he had a hard time believing that what he was doing was real. Yeah, listen, it's almost as if, like how we were talking before, you got to put yourself in that place to let it come through. Yesterday I was um, watching one of the, uh, one of these videos on automatic writing, and the girl's like, oh, yeah, she's teaching people. Now, if you don't believe, it's okay. But I used to do this when I was a little kid, you know, had my journals, did a whole bunch of writing. She said, and then I just noticed that, you know, it started to speak their one, you know, as I went on and wanted journaling randomly, and it came through like that. Right. Well, we've got 45 seconds left. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Pierre. Um, If you are looking for any of us, 
just check the show page, and I'll make sure that I um, that I update the show page with Kier's Facebook information. But mm-hmm. I thank everybody for, you know, allowing us to, you know, share our discussion with everyone to allow everyone to join in. Um, we will see you this coming Friday at 9 p.m. And everyone have a great night. Bye, Bye. 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 With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.